This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, bestsellers, and books that are out of print. For more information, please visit their website at bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago or call them at 773-239-1110. Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by the Northwest Community Credit Union. If you live or work in Lake, Will, or suburban Cook Counties, you can become a member of the Northwest Community Credit Union. For 80 years, the credit union has offered a comprehensive roster of financial products and services to help their members meet their financial goals. For more information on becoming a member, please visit their website at nwccu.com. You can also call them at 847-647-1030 or stop in at the Credit Union House on the St. Xavier campus across from the Graham School of Management. Hello and welcome to another episode of Awesome Albums here on WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. I'm your host, Caesar, and with me as always is our co-host, Eddie. And today we'll be discussing Frank Ocean's Blonde. We promised our listeners that we were going to do that last week. And Blonde is Frank Ocean's second studio label album. Yes. Came out in 2016, clocks in at an hour long, and immediately when it was released, a bunch of people were talking about it. It was critically praised from the get-go. And, I mean, what's not to love about this album? I feel like Frank's storytelling has improved since his last one on this album. This is Frank's most personal album, and and some of the songs on here sound like he's taking a moment from his life, like taking a memory and just putting it on a song. And he's often referred to as enigmatic, and a lot of his fans are upset about that he doesn't have a presence on social media. But I think that just makes him all the more compelling. And when he does release something, people are immediately talking about it because, like, oh, Frank came back from off the grid and you know there's new music and i have to credit blonde especially in terms of the music industry because well it was released on streaming services and that's how it was released and i feel like that was one of the first albums that was released on a streaming service that automatically everybody was just talking about everybody was gravitating towards i haven't seen blonde in a target i don't think there's any physical of blonde anywhere so really blonde from like Kind of that aspect is um, pretty monumental. Yes. And of course, this is his first album that he released on his label, Boys Don't Cry. It's his most personal album to date. You know, he has complete control, especially with releasing it on his label. Eddie, let's just get right into it with Nikes. It starts off with this ambient sounding music, and it just brings you into this really nice dreamlike um state that's funny that you say dreamlike because i have dreamlike written all over my notes i personally love this opening it definitely sets the mood for the entire album to come and he talks about materialism in this song too you know they're looking for a check tell them it ain't likely and i had always thought that he was talking about people that were involved around him. Like they want to be associated with him because he's such a big name in the industry. And of course, you know, they're going to get a lot of money if they work with him. But 
I think that he is referring to people that might want to be more involved than that romantically. He does have a lot of wealth from his music career. So, you know, if a, if a girl tries to get with him, you know, they'll have money too. Nothing conveys that nothing conveys that more clearly than the first line, which is um, snitches want Nikes. And he's kind of using this idea of Nikes and this idea of like fashionable gym shoes to convey these ideas of like people wanting riches and wanting money. And it's pretty interesting because even that whole idea of just like expensive gym shoes is an interesting one to dissect. Yeah, yeah. And that you know that's this isn't the only subject that he covers on this song. I mean, he commemorates ASAP Yams, Pimpsey, and Trayvon Martin in this song. He even goes to say that Trayvon looks like him. So right from the get go, I mean, he's already covering a lot of stuff in one song. And then of course, you know, we get into the main theme of the album, which goes into a lot of relationships. And he ends or towards the end of the song, you know, he has those he has that line, I may be younger, but I'll look after you. We're not in love, but I'll make love to you. So it's like, yeah, he might be younger than the person that he is with, but you know, he's still looking after them because he's got all this money. And even though they're not in love, they still make love. Uh he's not romanticizing this relationship. It's like he has a clear head of, you know, where he and this significant other stands. And it just really shows how much of a grounded kind of person that Frank is. And it goes into Ivy where some of the lyrics talk about a failed relationship. One of the first lines is, I thought that I was dreaming when you said you love me. And I mean, that's already just a hard hitting line that he hits you right off at the top of the song. Because this idea that he's so disbelief that a girl like that can love him, that it almost kind of goes downhill from there. And one of the little voices that even swells up towards the end of the song is like the troubles, the troubles, the troubles. And it's just like the sense of paranoia that he starts going down of out of this failed relationship. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not prepared for this type of love. And it's reflective in the song. And plus, we, get, we still get that dreamy instrumentation throughout that entire song. Yeah, and I don't know what kind of genre people would put this album in but i mean even that in itself with the second song being ivy it's just like guitar that keeps the rhythm of it while also being the only melodic piece in it and the only time in the end where he colors it up with more instruments is just with more guitars you know and for you know somebody to say that you know frank ocean is a rapper you know it's like that's a little bit of an injustice to him because he's so much more yeah, even crossing to this like soft rock alternative crossover. Yeah. And I throughout this album he's really good at playing with instrumentation while also stripping things down a bit. You know, there are some songs where it's just him and possibly some keyboards, possibly some guitars. And you know, a song like Skyline 2, I think the thing he utilizes the most is his voice and his lyrics. There might be something in the background, but the focus is on him. And then in the next song, Pink and White, he kind of turns this over because it starts off with a flurry of like strings bringing the song into it. And then in here, it's like where Frank has like a real great groove and where Frank really um, starts bringing out some of the stunts. Yeah, I mean, 
Oh, I love how that song starts, and I love his his use of uh, strings, not only in this song, but throughout other songs that we're going to talk about later. But, I mean, in stark contrast to the last song, Ivy, Pink and White talks about this great love he's experiencing that feels so glorious. You know, he says glory from above. It's like a godlike love. And at first I thought he was talking about maybe he found a religion, but I think there's a little bit more to that than just religion. I think he's just relating a new relationship to the type of love you would feel from a god. Something that really makes this track stand out is Beyonce and Frank Harmony towards the end of the song. I really love that. And I can't give enough praise to the strings and the pianos. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And Frank's delivery of these lyrics are also very unique. He doesn't opt for like a typical flow. It's super interwoven and also it's it's just a very unique take on delivery of lyrics. And I have to applaud Frank for that. And then we have another great highlight with Self-Control, which might be my favorite song on the album. Frank does really know how to pull back. And, you know, he starts a song off with just him and guitars, too. It's not until the end of the track where it just builds up an emotion and the song self-control in general is about the end of a relationship. You know, wish I was there, wish we'd grown up on the same advice and our time was right. Honestly, my favorite chorus on the album, you know, keep a place for me. I'll sleep between y'all. It's nothing. Towards the end of the song, he's like, I know you got to leave. And he knows that the relationship is ending. And the music completely reflects in that song because, again, it just builds up. And there's a whole swell of emotions that I loved and resonated with on first listen. And throughout this entire album, he has a lot of moments where he knows something's ending. For example, Nights, which is another highlight. It's right in the middle of the album. And much like self-control, Frank knows that he's moving on from a relationship, whether it be like the same relationship he's talking about in self-control or a different one. Who knows? He just knows that he's moving on. But he seems a little angry about it in this song. When he says, I ain't trying to keep you, can't keep up a conversation, can't nobody reach you. Did you call me from a seance? You are from a past life. Hope you're doing well, bro. It seems so dismissive, you know? And then at some point during the song, Frank says new beginnings and the music starts to shift. It's like he's moving on. He's he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, and this song can almost kind of be broken up into two because around the three and a half minute mark, there's this point where these guitars are almost kind of like glitching out. And then it just like phases back into this very soft, very even more haze-like, more hazy than dreamy-like state of um, music. And actually, fun fact... Frank actually planned that shift in Nights to line up with halfway through the album. So Nights actually signifies the break between the first half of the album and the second half of the album, which makes this song all the more amazing to me. And then we start off the second half of the album with Solo Reprie, which has Andre 3000, the absolute legend on this track. I couldn't really understand him the first time I heard the song, but with his flow and his delivery, I knew it was... An amazing piece of music on this album. He goes very fast. And I mean, just the way the song starts off with kind of just him yelling with this almost tribal drum sounding start. 
really brings you into it. Yes. And then from here on out, the album does take an even weirder shift. It's a little more bleak, a little more atmospheric, less dreamlike. For example, Pretty Sweet is a very chaotic song at the beginning. I didn't know what I was listening to when I first heard it. I was like, is this on the same album? And of course, Frank's vocals doesn't let up on the madness. It's very disorienting, especially the strings in the beginning. But it's a good proper introduction to the bleak and atmospheric tones that the second half has to offer. And then we move on to White Ferrari, which I personally love because of Again, the atmosphere that Frank is pushing on the second half of the album. It's a heart, little heartbreaking tale of you know a person that he cares about that he loves, but he forgot to tell him that. And you know he's stating that he'll always love him forever. Interesting fact that I found out while doing my research, Connie has a writing credit on the song and as well as John Lennon because Frank took a line from Here, There, and Everywhere off of Revolver and put it into White Ferrari. And that line is spending each day of the year. And then right in the middle of the song, it breaks into like this acoustic singer-songwriter type feel to it, which even goes more to show how genre-breaking Frank is or how non-genre-conforming Frank is. And then, you know, quickly before we get to the end, you know, we get another highlight of mine, Godspeed, much like on nights, Frank is letting somebody go, but instead of sounding bitter, he's okay with it. You know, he says, I'll let go of my claim on you. It, it just seems like there's a development in Frank's character. And again, he uses this minimalistic, bare bones instrumentation that puts his uh, voice at the forefront of it. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I can listen to Frank's voice all day. You know, he sounds amazing, even just by himself. And I feel like there's always this idea of Frank that he is a god because he produces these amazing songs, you know, he has amazing projects, you know, if he's on a song, people are going to jump to it. But on the last song, Futura Free, you know, he's just claiming that he's not a god, he's just a guy. He's just a guy making music. And I really like this as the ending because Frank is reflecting on his life and his career and... Again, it just shows how personal this album is to him and, and how us as the listener are getting a look into his life. And honestly, the beginning sounds almost triumphant, like this is Frank's victory lap and a well-deserved victory lap because, I mean, it's the last song, so he's keeping it humble and reflecting on his own album that hasn't even come out yet. Uh, but also taking a realistic step back and seeing that he's come a long way from his mixtapes and his first album, Channel Orange, and has really developed into an artist that all ears are on. Exactly. And before we conclude this segment of the podcast, I would like to say that The End has an interview that has a sample that you know listeners of the album will be familiar with because it appears on four songs. Be Yourself, Good Guy, Facebook Story, and Fitcher of Free. This sample is Buddy Ross's Running Around, and I thought that Frank had composed it originally, but I was surprised to find out that it was a sample. I thought the same thing, too, because it's such a nice little unique piece of music that's kind of cute in a way. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. And that's why something like Be Yourself kind of like stands out to me. 
even though it's, you know, a voicemail from an angry mom telling him not to smoke marijuana or do drugs. And now, Eddie, uh, you want to talk about some highlights off of this album? Yeah, some of my highlights on this album definitely have to be Skyline 2, Nights, solo reprise, Andre 3000 is killer on that track, and Siegfried. All of these songs are very unique and almost have that, oh, and of course Ivy, almost have that um, alternative rock sound to it. And these songs, for me, cement Frank as an artist that needs to be paid very close attention to. Exactly. And I agree with Knights and Ivy. Uh, Pink and White is also one of my highlights. Uh, Godspeed, I felt like, was a great song towards the end of the track. And I got to get a shout out to my favorite track on the album, Self Control. And I don't know about you, but this might be one of the only albums that we've covered on the show where I have to say that I don't find that many negative things about this album. I think this is one of our modern masterpieces in music. And that concludes our discussion of Blonde by Frank Ocean. Tune in next week where we talk about Favorite Worst Nightmare by Arctic Monkeys. You just listened to another episode of Awesome Albums here on WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.